You now tuned into the hottest podcast in the world, the Stay Woke Podcast, right here on the SonicBreakdown.com. Man, it's time to wake up. Time to wake up. Get this cake up. Get this cake up. Only thing I care about is switching. Welcome back to another Stay Woke Podcast. This is D Ray Brinson. And you know the Stay Woke Podcast is presented by the SonicBreakdown.com. So if you haven't checked out an article or a review, definitely go check that out now at thesonicbreakdown.com. Let's get right into it. So we're going to break down the first series of uh, Netflix original show called The Defenders. If you don't know, we've kind of alluded and, and prefaced this for a long time. The Luke Cage and the Daredevil talk as well as Iron Fist. And we're finally here. And of course, for this podcast, you know we had to get ready in the building. So what's up, man? Yo, yo, thank you for having me again. I've been hella excited about this uh, Defenders, man. It was it was definitely an experience watching the show, so I'm, I'm very excited to get ready to talk about it. Okay. For those of you out there, Defenders is kind of a compilation of uh, individual superheroes being put together, making a, a group or a collective. So we can't really talk about the Defenders without breaking down who... Uh, makes up this group and what their powers are, what they're about. So let's first break down that the the Defenders is a group that is consisted of Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, and Iron Fist. And then we're going to have Reddy break down, well, let's start out with uh, Luke Cage, break down a little bit of uh, a brief description of like who he is and what his powers are. Yeah, you know, uh, if, if you've watched any of the Netflix originals, he had his own... Um series which was actually pretty dope and broke down a good amount of who he is he doesn't go by the moniker in this one as most other people know him by as power man you know he they alluded into his show but he's basically an african-american man that was um from harlem the bronx he's from the regular city and he goes to jail you know some some stuff goes down you know typical story unfortunately that we see with our black and brown brothers in the neighborhood he goes down he gets locked down into a shady prison shady prisons looking for some little bit of money and so they experiment on him. And in doing so, he gets this unique ability to basically become a bulletproof black man. But not even just that, because people just think about his bulletproofness, because you can't be just bulletproof. You have to have powers with it that make that possible. So one of the things you can think of is his tissues themselves are basically made of steel. Okay. So it's not just that his, his, his skin is hella hard, because your skin is hard, but the rest of your body's soft, you're still crappy. So his skin is basically still, his bones are still, he, he has super healing, basically, just not like Wolverine healing, you know, he has a limit. But also that he has enhanced strength. And since he was in the prison and had to get into those fights, he has extensive backgrounds in fighting. Gotcha. Now, I want to just touch on the fact that a lot of people, I guess, get the misnomer or misconception that uh, Luke Cage's skin is impenetrable. That's not quite the case. And if you saw season mm-hmm. one, correct, they they show that it's not impenetrable mm-hmm. that it's not impenetrable. It can be penetrated, but it's very, very hard to penetrate. As well as when we saw with uh, Jessica Jones at the end of her series when he when she had to shoot him in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. Even though he has high levels of impenetrability, shock damage can still go through, as we've seen throughout this particular series when he was fighting certain people. Without talking about him, certain hits were able to hurt him, but it may have not penetrated his skin. Mm. So you got to realize... Like every- concussion blows, things exactly. of that nature. So it- if, if, if we're designing the perfect villain for him, somebody with... Uh, the sonic- Shocker. Yeah, exactly. The shocker, shocker would Or somebody him. with Sonic properties similar mm-hmm. to the Shocker would be able to, to, to damage him um, 
and he'd have to figure out a way to uh, overcome that. Yep. Um, and I just want to briefly name uh, the actor that plays Luke Cage. And if you haven't checked out Luke Cage, the individual series, you should definitely check that out. And that actor's name is Michael Coulter. Just quickly, I think uh, in the solo series that they did of Luke Cage, uh, both of us agreed that we thought that was a great series and that he did a great job of portraying the role. Um, oh, most definitely. I, that's why I was so excited that, you know, for a fact they brought him back because he embodied what you would expect of Luke Cage. He looks like the actual drawing of Luke Cage, which is super dope. And then has the demeanor like, I'm not trying to get rich. I'm just really trying to help my hood. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's it's very if you if you've seen the show, it's very uh indicative of Harlem. I do want to ask you, who would be his uh, major villain? Now and, and and some of the information that we're giving is tied to the show itself, the defenders and the individual shows that are on Netflix, but it's also comic book lore. Um so for all those out there that are saying, well, that's not what they said in the in the show or whatever, mm. we're we're kind of combining all of the lore together and giving you kind of um a breakdown of that. Who would you say is his biggest villain in the comic book series? And tell me if that correlates to what we assume is his biggest villain from this from uh, the Defenders itself, as well as the individual Luke Cage movie and it, or the show. I and say, it maybe. is that's the one it's, thing. That's why I loved it so much more because Diamondback was like his critical villain. He was he was Batman's Joker. You feel me? Like he always defeated him, but he always came back where he would lose and then come back. That was that was his other side of his coins. So they were consistent in that manner. Yeah, so okay. th- that's why in the series itself, when we talked about it, I was surprised that they killed him off so quickly. Because, yeah, of course, you know, certain villains die. And he does die, but to make it happen so quickly when there was so much more potential for so much more elaboration of the Luke Cage, Diamondback Brotherhood slash enemy slash frenemy. Like, it had so much dynamic. So I was a little sad about that, but I saw why. Because he does have other villains, but he's not the best solo. Just like the rest of the crew, each one of them. That's why I loved how they made the Heroes for Hire slash Defenders. Because Solo, they don't they don't have the most elaborate stories or the elaborate powers. But together, they're one of the best, I say, like BC class teams. And what is the last scene that you that we saw from uh, Luke Cage uh, season one? What I remember is the last scene, very last scene, is just him um, driving to prison. Or one not driving. He's not driving. He's of course incarcerated, so he's in the back of the seat. But yeah. they're driving him out of New York to, I believe, Atlanta, Georgia, to, to go to prison. Yeah. yeah. So and I just wanted to tie that in so that if you haven't seen Luke Cage, now you know how. If you and if you haven't seen the Defenders yet, you know how it all ties in together. For a cool minute, I forgot about that because I remember how sad I was. I was like, dude, first time you saved the city, you had to go to jail. Second time, you technically saved. That whole entire state. And now you're about to go right back to lockup. It just shows you that that recidivism cycle that even when you do something good as a black man or a person that has been incarcerated with a felony record, no matter what, you go back. And that was one of the dynamics. I, I know we'll touch on later, but I'll say a little bit over here is the Luke Cage and the Iron Fist. When we saw the the difference from perspectives and realities of what power you really yeah, hold that, to hold have. that, hold that, hold that. All right, I'll bring it back. That's just a little teaser for y'all out there, but... <laughs> We definitely going to touch into that because I think the the scene that you're talking about I think was very pivotal in just society today. Um, I, I I think it showed uh, uh, different dynamics, but we'll get into that. Let's move on to uh, Jessica Jones, who's another, as I stated, another component of the Defenders or Heroes for Hire, which they kind of alluded to in the series. But again, we'll get into the, a little bit mm-hmm, more of that mm-hmm. later. Um, mm-hmm. Jessica Jones, that is the character, the actor's name who plays her is Kristen uh, Ritter. Give us uh, her powers and, and break her down a little bit for us. So 
most people don't know because they didn't really allude it much in Jessica Jones, but Jessica Jones, her power retrieval or how she obtained her powers is kind of similar to Luke Cage's, which is kind of interesting with, you know, their dynamic. But she was actually in a car accident when she was dosed with chemicals. Mm. And when she got dosed with these chemicals, she got... She has some basic abilities, but we don't get to really see her full extent to only at certain points in both the TV series and Defenders. But super strength, as we know, you know, more durability. But the one we we always get the hint of but never actually see is her ability to actually fly. Jessica mm-hmm. Jones can fly. But ever since the whole Kilgrave thing, her mind has been, as we've seen throughout the series, so in 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 turmoil where it's it's such a traumatic experience where Kilgrave did such a dirty things to her. Where she still mentally she's strong. traumatized. She's traumatized. She has PTSD, and her way of dealing with it was drinking and beating people's asses. That's who she is. So that's like Jessica Jones has always been that chicken. I want to touch on uh, the aspect of flight and right. and her ability to fly, because as we all know with these comics, some characters have powers that make sense into how they got them, um, and some don't. Like. Uh, Again, this is a different world, but let's say... Um, actually, no, it is Marvel. Um, uh, Magneto. Okay. Magneto can fly, yep. but the explanation of his flight isn't that he's just propelling himself. He's using the magnetic forces yeah. of the of the world, uh, of the move. planet, to allow mm-hmm. him to float, which is really... He's really not flying, in essence. He's using he's gravitational force. He's moving himself into the world. Yeah, using... Yeah. using gravitational forces to push him higher yep. elevation wise no, ex- what, okay. I, I see so, what so, you're going yeah, at yeah, so what is the ex- because super strength does not guarantee that you can fly, fly yeah so super for, strength for, means you can jump far I and it might seem like you're flying like with the lo- whole leap like, tall buildings like and Hulk bound, right? jumps like in uh, the individual movies that they had of mm-hmm. him where he's jumping from like I think Colorado or Arizona wherever you know far 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 yeah. If you take a snapshot of in between him jumping and in between him landing, he's either propelling forward or falling. It looks like he's he might be quote unquote flying, <laughs> but he's not. He's just jumping really far. So they don't explain that. Okay, at least not not to mine. So Jessica Jones, and I'll say this and I'll say it proudly. So if someone you know someone is listening knows a little bit more specifically about her flight ability, please you know hit hit us up and I would love to have a conversation about it. But I personally, I've never heard any explanation why she can fly. Okay, but she. It has said that it's very hard for her to fly, and that's why we never really see her do that. Okay. Following that with, um, you brought up Kilgrave and... Purple Man. Is he, is he as well in comic book lore, the main villain for her as well? Yeah, because he, he was the one, because before she really got in touch with Kilgrave slash Purple Man, she was a full-fledged comic uh, costume-wearing hero. Okay. She was she was out there trying. We even saw it a little bit in Jessica Jones where they had her little her little outfit at that one moment in the beginning of the series when they were flashing back. Okay. But um, she was, and then basically he, one day he she they kind of met, and from that point on her her life was crap. He basically molested her, beat her ass, made her kill people just for the he whim. Manipul- of the, the ultimate form of manipulation. Yeah. It, anything he said she had to do in I mean not till later on did we see she developed some ability to stop him but she one is the only being to ever be able to stop his ability in out the comic books mm-hmm. he has like that universal absolute hypnosis if he says something you do it Jessica Jones for some reason maybe through the trauma she experienced or the evolution of his powers getting stronger while she was getting stronger she's able to at least fight it but he did so much stuff that's why she no longer really wants to be helpful quote unquote, but she still has to because that's who she is. So possibly it's kind of like um, the fact that he 
had a hold on her such an early stage in her powers. It's kind of like a vaccination. Yeah. She got a little dose of him, and he wasn't at, at his full strength either. Yep. And so it gave her body time to adjust and figure it out. For Well, in, in comparison to everybody else, he garnered his full strength. So mm-hmm. it's no longer like a vaccine where it's a little bit of dose and you learn how to adapt around it. It's the full dose, and it kills you. Yep. I mean, not saying that he kills you, but it, it, it takes over. <laughs> but, it, yeah. but yeah, he will but kill you. Also with that, the thing that people don't realize is she was one of his first people of power. Like everybody else was just regular people he was controlling. So he never had that someone could even kind of resist because you're just a regular dude. But then when you finally realize that someone you met is, I'm super powerful with some kind of power that you never had before, it changes that ability where now he's like, oh shit, I got to try a little bit harder because, yo, this chick can do some shit that I've never seen before. If she even kind of gets out of my grasp, I'm dead. So he had to force himself, you know, they always say that conflict breeds, you know, success. And that unfortunately was a jacked up relationship, but it bred the success of both of their powers in certain ways. And I'm coming up kind of short of what I remember the last scene of uh, season one of Jessica Jones. Well, she uh, basically went back into her apartment. And when um, she went back into her apartment, the I forgot the other dude's name. He was saying the bullet holes things. We, I'm learning how to patch bullet holes. No, no, no. That was at the end of... Defenders. I'm talking yeah. about the end of Jessica Jones. Oh, go back to Jessica Jones. Okay. And I don't, to be honest, I don't remember. I should have. Uh, so I remember revisited. she just shot him in the back of it. The only she, thing I remember is that basically, I think it kind of was a, similar to what you're saying yeah, here. She, she goes back, back to her, her office and, yeah. and the door taped up, kind of giving the indication that like she's done. Yeah. Again, so her glass is no longer there in the last one. She just has the, the, the brown brown thing in the beginning. And you don't really get to see the inside of hers. But to me, that kind of was the allu- uh, alluding to the heroes for hire. Because once we see at the end of Defenders, if we go like Defenders has to be after Jessica Jones, she has a new one that says Alias. And when we've seen the Alias one for Jessica Jones, that was the beginning uh, of the heroes for, hire. heroes for Hire. So I can see Defenders that either idea. kind of going into that or since they're going with... Because in the comic book, the Defenders aren't the heroes for hire. Those are two different heroes, heroes all together. So I'm assuming in since they're going this world... Merging it together. Merging as one... It's going to say Defenders eventually by probably the next series. We're going to get back to it, guys, I know. <laughs> but I just want to touch on that. I think in that situation, I don't think it will say the Defenders. I think it will I say, I don't I don't think, it will, I think the title of the, the show, of course, will always say the Defenders. But on that door that yeah. we're talking about, that specific door, I think it will say, um, or allude to something of Heroes for Hire. Because, I hope so, because the Heroes I don't, for Hire is dope. I don't, I don't see them going around saying, yeah, we're the Defenders. <laughs> you know what I'm saying or oh somebody better call the defenders no it's gonna be oh we gotta go call those heroes and then or they're gonna play on the words heroes for hire yeah um, in some way uh, that at least that's what I think but going back let's now uh, touch in on Daredevil or as his uh, government name is Matthew Murdoch and the actor who plays Matthew Murdoch is uh, Charlie Cox um, so just break down him uh, like we did with Luke Cage his powers and, and, and how he manifests these powers I don't know if you did this on purpose, but you made it almost complete segue where you had, for the four members on the team, only three of them got doused in chemicals. And all three of them were right in order of basically the age as well as when they would have got doused with chemicals. So it's kind of funny, but you probably... It was unintentional, but... My mastermind subcon- doesn't my, even know yeah, yet. Yeah, my subconscious <laughs> might have uh, uh, put that together. I, I don't know. <laughs> but once again, this is another, you know, age-old story. But this one, he, he acted happened at the youngest compared to all of them. Mm-hmm. He was a child, you know, usually in early teens, going home from school, accident happens, gets his chemicals in his eyes that basically make him blind but not only does it make him blind when we see his actual abilities it he has like um what we wish 
actual blind people were. He had all his other senses are so enhanced that he basically has got a quote-unquote sixth sense if mm-hmm. we only had five. Which just for y'all that don't know, we actually have around about 21 different senses. But he basically has, like I would say, a hero sense where he almost has the spidey sense where he can sense things when they're happening. Because of his hearing and his feeling and being taught by basically a blind ninja, he knows everything that's happening in almost a 360 degree radius. And I would say about a mile or more around him. Mm. So when we see that where he can tell like there's six people in there, one of them's fighting, something's going on. He doesn't have the exact detail to know like every aspect that you have a sword, but he may know you have a gun. You may have so many bullets in that gun. He His powers have varied when it comes to his sense. But with that sense, we also see, you know, he's highly trained. Mm-hmm. He He's one of the few that actually can go head to head with any Kung Fu master inside this universe and not be destroyed because he's been trained by one of the sticks by stick, which is the ultimate ninja. But he was also part of Kung Lung, which we, we we've learned about through this series, as well as if you ever saw the daredevil, they talked about Kung Lung in the hand. So he had the training of the world's renowned best Kung Fu people in the world. Yeah. And he made it where he adapted himself. That's why he's, such a decisive person when he fights because he hears and he notices everything before you see it. Since since everyone else relies on their sight, he you see him constantly in a fight knocking out the lights. You'll see him not um breaking something because it gives him even more of an advantage against you. Just to touch on that is it's he basically is capitalizing on the fact that as since sight is such a strong sense for for humans, I, I I'll I'll limit it to the species. That is such a strong sense for humans that we overly rely on sight and we only mm-hmm. take for, for I won't say only, but we take we if you weigh your the, the five major senses, we put 90 percent of our stock in sight, if not more, which yeah. is the saddest part. So so it's not to me it's more of the fact that he's allowing all of like we said, he's he's um his other senses were inhib- not inhibited, but enhanced as a result. But it's just the fact also that he's allowing for that input from all those senses to get a better understanding of his environment where we just walk around and, and don't, and, and just use that one sense. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's important. The other thing I, I wanted to say as well is it's not just only the fact that he has those senses enhances, but his understanding and let's say you took 90% of the people and you gave him the information that he's getting from all his senses. Mm-hmm. I don't think we can still interpret it and determine nope. what that's and, and, and analyze that data and tell mm-hmm. it and, and to, and to give it what it's saying, saying, okay, that's saying that there's six people yep. in this room. That there's that 16 there's, bullets you shot because I heard all 16 shots. Exactly. And the cha- the or that there's 17 mm-hmm. floors in this space because of the amount of ambient sound that is created by, by an empty room. Mm-hmm. Or the fluctuations in your heartbeat indicating that you're lying versus that you're just nervous. Like those little details, those little nuances, is things that he internalizes. And I think that get, that gives him an advantage outside of the advantage of the of improved other senses. And we've seen that throughout this particular series where at first they, you know, the whole concept of he's just a blind lawyer and then they realize how he is blind, but somehow he has these other abilities. But you can see the development of how shocked of what shocked the other team members were when he did things like, yo, you can tell I'm lying. How can you tell that a mile away, 16 dudes are coming? Like you could see the 
the, the, the amount of information he has to be able to process has to be mm-hmm. to a such a level that his brain processing power has to be altered because to really even know like I'm in my room I win the win the living room and, and how do I know that the dog is sitting on the bed eating this particular bone at this right l- level but he can process each one of those smells sounds and feelings to the level of seeing the room clearer than you could see with your eyes yeah the the ability to uh, differentiate between minute uh, levels of information, uh, I think, is a key. Um, what would you say is his major villain? So his has always been the hand, because he he's a. Would you say is the hand or it, Fisk? It see Fisk was a, he was a villain, but he wasn't the major villain. Daredevil was always made and created almost like the um like Iron Fist. He was made to destroy the hand. So when in all his major comic books. And almost everything happened, even when Fisk is involved, there's always a background of he may have been getting help by the hand or he could have been a part of the hand or the hand is influencing him. He always had that background presence that he could never escape. I mean, from the love of his life, from when he tried to get out of it, from his from the law associates that gave him stuff, the hand had the hand in every aspect of his life where there was never a time he was not really involved with the hand. He, he had, you know, random other people. We got Fisk. We got the, the we got Jake Murdoch. We got these other people that did jacked up things. But in the underlying, it was always still the hand. Daredevil has an advantage in this regard. And I'm not saying as an advantage as a superhero or anything like that. Just an advantage in the cinematography of it is the fact that he had two seasons. Mm-hmm. Where Jessica Jones had one and Luke Cage had one as well as Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. They all had one season. So I feel like people got a, a better and bigger connection with... Matthew Murdoch, Daredevil, Foggy, and just that that dynamic and the relationship with him. Um, so, I the the last thing that I remember from I think Daredevil season two was Electra dying. Yeah. Um. And 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 him quitting the law firm. Yeah, him quitting the law firm because he's dealing with that. I'm gonna just throw this out there. Don't reply, but I wonder if Fisk is ever going to make an appearance moving forward because we never really. Like that's still out there dangling, like yeah. that's that's just a tie. But we'll, yeah. we'll leave that just for all you out there. I'm thinking about that. Just we put it that it. way. Okay, I got you. Um, now let's move on to the final member of the defenders and the the last to, um, in essence, join. If we're going through the Netflix timeline, Daredevil was first, Jessica Jones, then Luke Cage, and then Iron Fist. Iron Fist, or also known as Danny Rand, and also just quickly, uh, the dynamic is uh, Luke Cage. He doesn't have really. A, a fake name nope uh just well, well kind of you power man but he doesn't he never nobody really uses much. that yeah. And the, yeah, yeah so but luke cage uses his real name jessica jones uses his real name daredevil and iron fist necessarily don't but iron fist only does he does because he doesn't it's really more care a, about his name yeah, it's, it's more it's of a, a title, title. Yeah. yeah so let's uh with danny rand and the actor is called finn jones listen to our prior podcast on iron fist and you you will hear my feelings about 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 that the particular actor. person um, but let's break down his his powers. So I, if we want to go by, I'm gonna go more by the comic book with him, just because I love his power dynamic. But we never really get to see it in the series or the show. So uh, everyone always knows the Iron Fist is the the glowy hand, but basically it's it's a lot more than that. It's really he has a complete and absolute control of chi, or basically the energy of life, the energy that created the universe. This can give him the ability of super strength, speed, and enhances all sense. Every actual part of his body, it can actually enhance to the highest level a 
being is capable of. So think about, if we really want to go about a comic book, think about what he can do with his hand, full body. That's mm. where he eventually should get to as well That's as... That's a small... The, the, what he can do with his hand is a small representation of the his ultimate power. Correct. It's kind of like... Um, I think I likened this before to... Uh, Phoenix, the Phoenixes, or what Xavier did of putting those mental blocks on mm. uh, Jean Grey. Her true potential is the Phoenix and mm-hmm. the Phoenix Unleashed, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's still powerful as Jean Grey right. with those blocks on. And in essence, for Danny Rand, it's kind of similar. Same thing. Right now, he hasn't manifested his true powers um, yep. where he can, that she can be represented and, throughout his body. Right now, he only can harness it in and, one section. And we've seen from what this version of the Iron Fist, even in comic books, the maximum we may get one day, hopefully, is the double hand where he can at least use the chi in both hands. He's able to, he can force the chi out almost like a force push. He can use the force chi to heal himself as well as others. He can do it to, there's also a time period where he's able to reverse small aspects of time in a small area around him, mm. which he's used to repair like structures and or himself. His chi controls the actual elements himself. So if he, you know, bowls his hand with the chi and puts it in fire, he can now control fire himself. Same thing with water, same thing with earth, same thing with air. So this is the, the uh, element. Okay, the main element. The main elements. This is the level that hopefully I wanted to see throughout the series, which I still get it. I think if this was like um, D-Ray said earlier, if this was a daredevil situation where he had that time to develop at least more than one season of a show, we would have probably seen it in this episode, uh, this series, but it is something I am actively looking forward to him really learning to control his true power of chi. And uh, just briefly, uh, according to the series on Netflix, he achieved his powers by going through the several rings of Kung Lung to ultimately get to the point to face the dragon and, and punch, punch that motherfucker in the, in the heart. Which is, I mean, when you think about it, it's really animal cruelty because literally what you, you, you become... The training process of the Iron Fist, like I was talking about for Daredevil, is so rigorous that one, people die in the process. Mm-hmm. It's, it's You have to be the best of the best of the best to even survive the process because it's not, oh, we're just going to practice for 20 hours and then you sleep for four. It's like, yo, we may go for weeks, months. Some of them, like he went through years of super intense training where even when you're sleeping, you're doing some kind of training like sleeping on two fingers or you know, sleeping underneath a waterfall where every aspect of your life is extreme training because to be the immortal weapon, which is what he, he he's so proud of telling everybody and anybody, I am the Iron Fist. A immortal weapon, just to let you know, quick little thing about it, is a weapon that is created out of a mortal person to make the ultimate being of weaponry where if it has a sword, it can kill you. If it has a finger, it can kill you. Anything it, it being alive itself is the weapon. That's what Danny Rand or the Iron Fist is, is one of the strongest immortal weapons. And as we've seen in Defenders, which we'll talk about later, is he's not the only immortal weapon. Mm. And um, if you ever, when we talk about Stick once again, they tried to make or they were trying to get Daredevil to the level of immortal weapon. But to do that, you have to cast certain emotions aside if you don't get like superpowers like the Chi or coming back to life. You have to cast every tie, every person you care about and don't care if they live or die because you have to be a weapon. A weapon doesn't think about what it kills, it just a kills. Weapon just, a weapon does what the master tells it to do. Yep. Which is a, a very uh, running theme in this, in all of these superhero shows. Uh, th- it's, it's easy to say for, for Danny, the major villain in this is the hand. Yeah. The hand. That's, that's his life. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's the reason, that's the whole point of the Iron Fist yep. is, is to stop the hand. Um, so 
we don't need to really go into more detail to me about that. The last scene that you remember from Iron Fist, from what I remember, the last scene was him and Colleen seeing Kung Lung fucked up. Yeah. Basically, well, not even, not even I won't, fucked up is, 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 <laughs> is an understatement. That shit's done. <laughs> like, Gone. So, but you also forgot another major part that uh, we I remember us talking about. Was remember a little bit after that when it was uh, his partner, uh, Danny Rand's partner that he mm. trained with, sitting down with Gao. Yeah, that's right. And then we saw the um, uh, reporter chick listening. That's right. I did forget about that part. And they and they mm. never alluded to none of that. So I think that's yeah. going to be back when we go back to the Iron Fist saga because we we did see a lot of Gao, but we are without no spoilers certain things going on with Gal that we don't know yet. Yeah. So we don't know how that's going to happen, but we do know for a fact he's still alive. So now that we've kind of wrapped up all of the components that make up the Defenders, uh, we know, again, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, and Iron Fist compose the Defenders. So let's now understand the connection between these characters because some of those connections, again, since all of them had prior seasons, some of those connections were already established, such as, let's say, with... um. Uh, Luke Cage, for instance. We'll, we'll stick with the same order that we had uh, breaking down the, the characters. Let's say Luke Cage. He had connections to Jessica Jones yep. and only, Claire. Yeah, those are the only That's two. A, that the only two that, and those who had connections to others, which is going to be a connection, connection web. Day. Yeah, a connection web <laughs> going across. But let's let's start with those two. Luke Cage and Jessica Jones' relationship that we've seen in this series. And then let's also talk about what we know in the comic book lore. Briefly, quickly, in the in the series, in the series what occurred was basically Luke Cage, Jessica Jones hooked up. They had a little thing going. Yeah. Uh, he got Bow, mad. Wow, wow. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He got he got mad that uh she knew more about his was was Sheba? Was it Sheba? Shira? About, about, about his uh, ex-partner wife check, yeah. I don't so was, it, was that his wife? Or was... So, I don't remember they for They alluded to that they were together. So we won't, let's not say wife, we'll say significant he, other. His significant other um, who was killed by Kilgrave or in association with Kilgrave. Again, don't kill me on the details. Uh, that was a long time ago when I saw it. And uh, I haven't re- revisited that much. But anyways, so they were together. So him and this girl were together. They, she was killed. Jessica Jones knew about it or how she was killed and more details about it. And she didn't let uh, Luke know about it. And that was really something that was haunting him for a long time. So that kind of, I mean, cause he blamed himself. I mean, you, yeah, that kind of burned their bridges yeah. between him and Jessica. Uh, and that's why they kind of separated. So, th- so that's their connection. Now, can you go into more detail about what happened comic book lore of, uh, between him and Jessica? One of the things I thought Netflix did well was the, the sexual tension that they had? The tension you saw through the, all three of the individual series because Jessica Jones came up in his, he came up in hers. As you know, mm-hmm. he was a big staple, but they always had that we shouldn't be together, but I love you connection where you saw the minute they met in the show, they kind of yeah. had that look like, oh, shit, it's you. You know, when you see your ex, but you, did, you never wanted her to be an ex, but she had to be. That was that look they gave. And I think the actor and the actress played it so well. It was just kind of like, I'm going to play cool, though. Yeah. I'm going to play cool, though. I want to touch on that real quick is, um, for me, that is something that I did pick on, too. I, I thought that was great chemistry between the actors, between Luke Cage and Jessica Jones or Michael Coulter and Kristen Ritter. That they did have great connection. And it did give what you're alluding to is of some sexual tension, some that, you know, like, I still care for you, mm-hmm. even though we had 
the last, in essence, the last uh, interaction that we had was very volatile, um, that I still have love for you and I still care about you. And to me, it's more of a, I think what bonds them is they both have a complete understanding of each other. Mm-hmm. They like let he, each other do their own thing. Yeah, and I love he, that. He, yeah. he knows how she is and he's fine with that. He's not yeah. trying to change her. She is what she is and he appreciates it. And the same thing with her. She knows at the end of the day, yeah. Luke Cage, gonna he's going to do, Cage. As, as Claire said later in the, in the, in the series of defenders, again, this is going to be filled with spoilers. So it is what it is. But Claire was saying that basically He's a good dude. Mm-hmm. He's a good dude, and he's always going to be a good dude, and he's always going to do what's right, regardless of how it's going to affect him. Yep. I mean, think about when in this series, the minute he got out, the first thing he did was go try to help people. Yeah. And the part that it made it to me even a bigger connection to the Jessica Joneses, mm-hmm. even at by the end of the actual uh, Defenders, you still saw that if she would have told him anything along the lines of let's run away together, not only would he truly consider leaving Claire, he loves Claire. Claire is his heart, but Jessica Jones is that one. You know, she what has saying? a connection that Claire will never understand because Jessica knows what it's like to have powers and to and to to live in that world of a superhero. Like you don't know what it's like until you're there. Yep. There's, there's certain things, and this is uh, to me kind of akin to a conversation. And, I, and I'm not going to go into long detail about this. We might have another podcast about it, but about. Um, Something that uh, black men will say about dating black women is I need to date a black woman because she under she truly understands my experience where a non-black woman does it. Mm. And then there's black men that say, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. But it's also true. I can work with, the other. with, with somebody that doesn't truly understand my experience. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was an interesting dynamic never, as well yeah. um, between that. Because a lot of things in, in The Defenders that I noticed had racial undertones in it. Some of the ones we alluded to earlier with the conversation with Luke Cage and Danny Rand, which we'll go into more detail later, had racial undertones about white privilege and uh, growing up in poverty, uh, which, again, I get, we'll get into more detail. But that the, mm-hmm. thing you, uh, the thing I wanted to go into if we want a little bit with the racial as well as their relationship is they get married. In the comic and books, they get married. That's what I wanted you to talk about, too. Yeah. They have kids, and you got to think about that. You're two outspoken superhero, one black, one white, in a world that is still racially sensitive and in a world that's mutant or power sensitive. So their child, as well as their relationship, was never going to be at a point where it was all peaches and roses. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the show even captured, where it's like, I love you and you love me. We probably will be together, but it's going to be a long road ahead. And it's going to be rocky. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. And they show that through every scene of them being together. That we know y'all are going to be together, but it's going to be a crap way to get there. Yeah. And and that's what I will say. One one thing. And again, later we're going to get into more our overall feelings and likes and dislikes about the, the Defender series. But that is something that I did like is the connection between Luke and Jessica. I felt like they captured it very well. Um, like we said, the sexual tension was there. The concern, the care but also being an adult is like, yeah, we have these feelings, but at the end of the day, I'm with Claire. I know I'm with Claire. I'm not going to cross that line, go down that road because I respect the relationship that I have. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean that I don't have these feelings. Can't make them go exactly. away. Exactly. Uh, let's touch on some other relationships as well. Of um, Let's stick with Luke right now and go with Luke and Claire relationship. That was developed in Luke Cage's series when she went to Harlem and helped in that situation. And that also brings into another connection of Misty. Now, 
thinking about it this way, Lucas, beyond belief, he's he's he was with Jessica, he was with Claire, and he was with um, Man, he got Misty. Misty. He got all three. So it's like he go through, and them. all of them are cool. Like all of them, like they talking to each other. <laughs> he has he has a guys like dream. Like I smashed you and all your friends, and we all still cool. Like nothing ever. And nobody happened. mad at me about it. Nobody mad. So, Everyone just sees I'm a good guy. Oh. And I've been waiting for you to bring this up. I am so, so, so glad you finally brought Misty Knight in when we did the Luke case because I've been waiting to talk about this. So there's going to be a major spoiler. If you haven't seen it, you're screwed now. But I already know where you're going to. So I was waiting the whole entire series when Defenders because, you know, Misty gets her arm chopped off in the comic books. And I've been waiting. I was like, the whole series, like, who's going to cut it off? Who's going to cut it off? And at the end, when we got to what see... What was it, Bukudo? Bukudo, yeah. When Bukudo cut it off, I was like, it was kind of bittersweet because I was super happy. But I was like, oh, shit, my girl got her arm cut off. I'm going to say this. Uh, just, again, we're going to go into more detail about this overall series. But when I was watching that part, I was like, even before that, I was like, oh, I think I think it was episode seven. Episode seven is when I was like, oh, yeah, she about to lose them arms. Yep. And and I need you to correct me. I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but I thought it was both of her arms that got no. removed and it was that they she got like metal. It's just one? No, it's just one. Okay. It's, it's always been her I thought, right. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was both. And yeah, so that's 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 my fault because I was like, when I was, I was like, oh, they're going to change it a little bit. Okay. No, no, yeah, because uh, I, I was waiting because like the whole time, because if, if you don't know, for those of you who don't know, in the comic book herself, Missy Knight gets her arm cut off and then she gets a dope-ass cybernetic arm. Think of like, a cable-esque arm, just not silver. Like, it was kind of brownish in the comic because, you know, she a black girl. You know, they want to keep her skin color. You feel me? So, thank you, by the way. And she didn't join their team. She started her own little team called the Phyllis Defenders. It was her and this other chick, and they did their own side thing. So, it kind of is potential where they uh, yeah, may add that. You know I, what I'm saying? I wonder if they are or if they're going to keep her. That would be kind of cool of a... Of a, a cop a, detective a, slash... Because she becomes a private eye where she... she she doesn't join Jessica Jones. And she never even worked with Jessica Jones again, but at least in the comic books. So she may, I would love if they really did a private thing with her because she has a cool little cop slash superpower mix. And what I'll say is actually, if I was writing that again, I just, I, I didn't know about that part. But if I was going to, if I was on Netflix and I just found that information and we're like, oh, well, we already have this set up. What I would do is do a detective, a detective show, mm-hmm. a literally just straight detective show. That where she happens to have a bionic the, arm, a bionic living arm. with power like, people though. Like yeah, like like, but in a world where yeah, there are power people mm-hmm. and there are situations, but more on the aspect of like a, a detective crime drama. Like if you write it as a detective crime drama, and the accelerary parts is this these added things that we just mentioned. That's What's how that, I would uh, see one it. show Ollie's and uh, um, this, oh I, I can't think of the name Ollie and Isle or something that, like that. one right yeah, there something, something like that something like that but with a little, little bit, Marvel with a little Marvel and a little bit darker because mm-hmm. that for, I I've never seen that show yeah. preference but what the previews and commercials that I've seen of it it has lighter points. In my mind, what I'm seeing in this is more like um, real life, more like True Detectives on okay. HBO. Uh, really dark, really gritty, really grimy, really real right. in in that aspect, but with those auxiliary parts. Let's go back to the connections real quick and go with. Um, now let's move on. We did uh, Luke Cage's connections to most of the people. We did Misty, Claire, and Jessica. Mm-hmm. Let's do his our uh, Jessica Jones connection. So we already talked about her connection to Luke. Um, we don't need to really touch into that, but let's talk about her connection to Daredevil and uh, Claire. I, I did like that. I, I was kind of wondering how they were throughout the season when I was watching it because everybody, by the time they met, it was about around episode six. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering how they were going to get that group connection 
And I loved how Jessica Jones in trouble, you know, her her garden, because that's who I call the lady that always looks after her, her friend, her you know, oh, commandant, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And automatically went to Foggy. Doesn't know that Foggy already sent all his stuff to Daredevil. They thinking that she's just a regular, typical, no special chick. But then Foggy looks into it. Mm-hmm. So it gets his connection to the Daredevil. Foggy looks into, yo, this chick got some pals. Maybe Daredevil would like this. Oh, wait, my bad. Not Daredevil. Because this is when yeah. he wasn't trying to be yeah. Daredevil. Matthew so Matt Murdock, you know, give him something to be busy by not knowing you were the beginning of making him going back to Daredevil. And they even he even says that later on when he thought he was dead, which was awesome. Yeah. But he's like, I, I'm the yeah, one that literally himself, gave it to him. Yeah. yeah. He's that survivor's guilt mm-hmm. of, oh, I set this emotion. Bruh, he would have did that shit anyways. Yeah, because like, he you, you you just made you you made it you made it accessible in a way that gave him the best chance of success. But I want everybody <laughs> to think about everyone thinks like why can't a little tangent real quick, but why can't Daredevil not fight crime? Is it because he has a sense of justice? No, think about this, bro. If at all times for two to three miles around you, you can hear all the bad shit that's going on in a city full of bad shit. It can make you cynical. Yeah, it either it's either gonna make you hate and want to destroy everything or it makes you want to get off off your ass. There is no middle ground because you can't he can't turn off his power. Well, if there is a if there is a middle ground, then that's to me that speaks to you yeah. as a person because that means you're so insensitive that you don't give a damn that people are suffering. Yep. And, and and knowing that you can do something about it. Yep. So like the, he kind of has to. And then you know, so with his connection back to Jessica Jones when they first met, is he was being her lawyer. He was once again throwing out his olive branch of I'm gonna help you for pro bono. I got your back. Even though Jessica Jones is Jessica Jones, she's gonna say fuck you. Yeah, I don't she's need standoffish. You. She's, she's she don't trust you. Yeah, she don't trust you. She's self reliant. Um, and and some of that is uh, residuals of Kilgrave. Not hundred percent. Yeah, you. you if if somebody can control and make you do things you don't want to do, you're going to have trust issues. Yep. That's plain and simple. And that is some of the issues and some of uh, the issues that she has with Luke Cage. It's yep. her trust issues, his trust, trust issues, issues, and them combining and, 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 and having that. A major. And uh, um, one of the parts I like with the Jessica Jones part is, uh, so there's this part that I thought was really dope that showed kind of Jessica Jones flying ability because I don't think everybody really got it but it but I'll give it to you there was a part where you know they were talking she he was trying to give her legal advice she was like I don't need it she's like I'm just gonna leave she leaves he does his you know stealthy ninja thing and she notices that he's following mm-hmm. she doesn't know exactly how a blind dude is following her but she knows he is so there's a part where he's listening to her footsteps and then all of a sudden her footsteps disappear if y'all really look at that because the only way that they just randomly disappear without a big jump or yes, something like that. If you're not touching the floor. If you're not touching the floor. It shows that she quickly went up and she stayed up long enough where she came down gently when no one saw and... Or he can hear. Or he could hear. And by that time... You, you her, can't do that by a jump. By that time, he couldn't distinguish her footprints against everybody else's because he lost it by that time. Exactly. Because I... And that is a good point. I did, I never thought about it that way because I was... I wondered the same thing. I wondered... Mm-hmm. I was like, well, how the fuck did he not hear her like something what was that something mm-hmm. whatever that is that caused him to not hear the footprints anymore and then she's or even back. the heartbeat because remember he can hear heartbeats and movements so you had to move quickly in a place where he wouldn't expect to listen exactly he's not expecting to listen look all up. The way up there he's looking ground, ground level. level yeah so that 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 makes sense but then uh, also the reverse of where he thought he was getting away and he took off up the uh the stairwells and uh, up the, the things and she was like that is not a fucking blind person. Yeah. So she instantly had that. They both got each other where they, yo, there's something not. We don't. Completely. Yeah. We don't. We don't know the full story. But there's but something we know wrong. Something yeah. wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and, and I do want to touch on uh, the Jessica Jones, Matthew Murdoch, Daredevil connection. Mm. One thing that stood out to me or one uh, one scene that stuck out to me was towards the end when it was just her and uh, Daredevil basically doing police work, reconnaissance, trying to get more information of what to basically what to do next. And when they were having those conversations, there was tension. It's not sexual tension mm. like you were getting with Luke Cage. To me, that again highlighted the their actors that be the, their relationship, but it also highlighted the actors' performances. Yes, yes you only true. can get you only can pick up on those nuances and those subtle emotions when you have a good actor and a good actress or good actors oh, in a collection surrounded, yeah. surrounded because that's how you build that chemistry. We saw the chemistry with Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. Without a doubt. We also saw the connection, or at least I did, with Daredevil and Jessica when they're having that conversation and they had, it was playful, funny, you know, joking, she's blunt, she's like, you know, she, she's really blunt and, and forward and he's more tactical in how he's saying and what he's saying because, uh, and I'm not stereotyping lawyers, but this character, he's a lawyer <laughs> and he exhibits those qualities mm-hmm. of being very um, standoffish. I got to keep some stand, things away from you standoffish, because you don't need not, to know Not just standoffish, but very um, meticulous in his word choices. Where Jessica Jones, there is no filter. She says what she means and what she, where Daredevil is literally, he's thinking it and he's like, how would this best, how would I'm how, saying how, this best how, not yeah, to get it back not on Not to me. get offended, not to, whatever your, your qualms are to get over that. And I thought that was a real well established. I thought that was a really good scene um, and, where they were just sitting. Yep. I thought that was a real good scene. Um, just I felt those connections between mm-hmm. those three actors yep. were really well done. So to then me. I, I love I love since we are kind of going into this. I don't mind. I hope you don't mind if we transition because I, I wanted to say a part with the Daredevil slash the Luke Cage. When they yeah, met yeah. that first time, because mm-hmm. yeah, I, I love that. Because this is all connections, so yeah, we're just trying to breach these connections. Then both of these two sets of people, you got, you know, you got Iron Fist and you got Luke Cage and one room fighting. Then you got Jessica Jones and all she knows really about this dude at, right now is he's a blind, maybe ninja, what the hell, lawyer? And they just run up and then all of a sudden the two teams meet and each team's like, I know somebody from the other team. Yeah. And you can see Luke Cage kind of gave him that instant, like, I, wa- I don't want to call it jealousy, but I want to give him like that the... I, I need maybe need to defend her. Why is he here? Who the fuck is he? And even when he tried to get information from him, when, when they went back to the, you know the little karate house, yeah, between the, the, the restaurant, and, yeah, the restaurant, you you saw the that that tension. There was tension still. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was tension, and and to me, I I credit that tension to Luke Cage's trust issues, mm-hmm. and and to, again that to me that 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 showcases the actor's abilities because that scene would have been a lot different yeah. let's say you just take out Jessica right. and and we're and and we're assuming that all of this is in real world situations yeah 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 luke is not going to trust anybody in that room nope Regardless, nope. like I don't care if the hands coming after us or not. Fuck it, I'll figure it out on my own. I don't own. know who you are. Yeah, I'll figure it out on my own. Yeah. And especially how Matt Murdock came, he was he basically was like, "This is the time we're trying to separate his life." He's like, "I'm not telling you my name." Yeah, exactly. Like, nah, That's what I mean. It's like, bad. yeah, like <laughs> for somebody that has trust issues, and then you're in a situation where you need to trust the other person, yeah. and that other person isn't forthcoming with the information that they have or that they they should give you, like. The least they should give you is who the fuck you are. And if I'm gonna try to try to save your life and you're gonna try to save mine, at the least I should know is who, who you, you are. are. And they they highlighted that so wonderful when they were just like, bro, you either take off the scarf 
get beat down, take off the scarf, or leave. Yeah, Those he was basically uh, paid in full. Yeah. Nigga, either get down or lay down. Yeah, like, <laughs> because it, it was serious, because at, at this point, you know everything about us. Yeah. You know all of our names. You know, you've heard about our powers. We ain't have no masks. We can't we even have, see you. Yeah, you have, you, you we know. We thought you were blind, well, but you well, just we don't know ass. if you know what our face looks like, but our face is exposed. And you, yeah. so they had to get that trust. That was, I thought that was so beautifully done, how the actors made sure it showed their trust being built with the first, you know, the first hand of many, you know what I'm saying? And it was, it developed all the way to the end where they, you could see each other, they took the ideals of the other person to a point where it's like, yeah, you could be right. I never thought of it like this or I didn't want to think about it like this, but what you're saying, because I know who you are, I have to trust it. And that 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 shows you the development of the the actors, the characters in the the series of good writing, mm-hmm. where we felt the development of trust in at least those parts. Yeah, that, well, I disagree about the writing to okay. a certain extent, um, but we'll get into that in our overall conclusion. I just want to quickly wrap up um, the connections. Um, so let's on on the the connections. Let's go with uh, Danny Rand Iron Fist connection. So out of all of them, to me, Danny Rand, Iron Fist had the least amount of connections to the others when it comes on a person to person. Like um, Luke Cage literally met Jessica prior. Yep. That's an established relationship. It's no, oh, I'm meeting you for the first time. No, it's an established or I know I know about you, but I don't know who you are. No, they had an established relationship before the Defenders. Uh, Jessica Jones and Daredevil established relationship. It might have been cantankerous but they they they, they, they met they had before that trust, yeah. exactly so that's that's done iron fist never met jessica yep. never met luke yep. never met daredevil and when he met everybody the only connection is claire for him to yeah. everybody else and for the reason why i can see how and nobody because if i was in their superhero realm i couldn't have ever trusted him because the Neither. first time he met everybody was confrontational yeah he met luke cage and basically they took flight to where they started fighting. When when they met um, the other two technically since it was all at one time, it was in the middle of basically kind of a major battle. Yeah. We're fighting for our lives and I have to trust you because you're with somebody I know. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said like the, the most integral person to me in this meetup was Jessica Jones. Because mm-hmm. if you just take Jessica Jones away, nobody would have got together. Iron Fist would have never got with Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. Luke Cage would have never got with um, Daredevil. Yeah. Dude, Daredevil would never got with any of them. So it would have been a war between all of them together because they can't trust each other. Jessica Jones was integral. The Jack no, they would have just, they would have just, it wouldn't have been a war, bro. They would have been slaughtered. They yeah. would have killed them all. They would have killed them all. Divide they, they and would, conquer. Divide and conquer. But it almost felt like you needed Iron Fist, but you really didn't. I mean, like, he, he is integral into the story pivot point but because he's their goal yeah uh but if they even if we change their goal to like i can make you the the iron fist tomorrow that whole person could be taken out and little would change the story i i agree with that um like i said going back to real quick the connections (laughs) iron fist had the least connections claire was the the connecting point for connecting them to claire knows daredevil Mm -hmm. uh she knows Jessica too because she helped with the shotgun wound. She, she knew so all she know, four. She, yeah, she knew all four. She's the connection, as uh, Colleen Wing said. Mm-hmm. Those two are kind of the foundations, and and I agree with you. I think uh, Jessica Jones is the the foundation for them, and Claire is the connection point for them. Yeah, because um, Claire, the thing that I I thought multiple times when we were talking about connections is when she was with um, Colleen Wing, mm-hmm. we kept on hearing the. Stop doubting yourself from both of them. Yeah. Like, like you're stronger than you think you are. You can go out there, 
because you you've saved their lives before. But then it was it wasn't completely a reciprocal situation because she believed in Colleen, but she still doubted her because she was the only one without powers at certain times. Yeah, but as when it was vice versa, in that elevator when they're coming up with the plan of yeah. no, Colleen, you and me, right? They can handle themselves. Trust <laughs> me, I need your back. You, you, but and she was right. Yeah, because if Colleen wasn't there, she would have been dead. She would have been a lot of shit would have been wrong. Yeah, it shows you the, the the dichotomy. I love the, the connections of even your sidekicks have a major part in in the storyline because without both Colleen Wing, without um, oh my god, Misty, Misty, Misty Knight, and in in Claire, none of this would have been possible. Yeah, because they set up everything and all the background was like, yeah, we can't bust the wall down, but we can't make sure the cops don't come. We can't place the bombs. We can take down the dude I've already killed before. Yeah. Now that we've kind of gone through a myriad of connections, let's get into what we thought about the the show itself, um, the things we didn't like, the things we did like, and then after that, we'll go into what we th- predictions for the following. Just going off of that is that's where I thought the writing was done well, mm-hmm. is because there were certain scenes that, like the Misty scene of her getting her arm cut off. There's definitely several ways where you could have wrote that scene where that doesn't happen or that it happens in a various ways. But I felt like the way that they had those scenes like that structured, mm-hmm. it felt like it wasn't added just to be added for, you know, salaciousness. The, you know, theatrical to, purpose. Yeah, theatrical purpose. It was it was pivotal to the storyline. It was it was the little the little lines of like, no, Colleen, I need you. Mm-hmm. They have powers. I don't. Mm-hmm. I need you. Then she goes down there and then Missy comes in um, at the right time. Like sometimes when you have those scenes in other movies, it's like, come on, like for real, this motherfucker at the exact fucking moment. But it felt in this show, it felt right. It, yeah, felt, it like, felt like it was an easy oh, okay. transition. Yeah. Like, I'm not surprised. Like that because, makes sense. Yeah, because let's say in the, the Missy thing with her hand getting cut off, right? Mm-hmm. I would say I can see that scene being written the same way, right? Missy comes in, she does that. And she saves the day. She doesn't get her arm cut off, and that's and that's the pip, that that's that's why they have her come in there is to save someone's life. Mm-hmm. And there's like no consequences. But in real life, there's even if you make a good decision, there's gonna be a consequence. And and, and I that, like how they all. It seemed like they had those uh, those those points. And they they kept that frailty of humans of where nobody, even not even Iron Fist was immortal you know not even luke cage was immortal not yeah, even his jog didn't hurt they like, all things. got jacked up i mean yeah like you said he when he got punched that first time he he almost lost some teeth he was he's like he's shot. like what the fuck and then here? shoot the whole time fighting the hand we saw that madam gal madam gal madam gal the was like i don't care pr- if you can fight Ugh. that concussion force that like, she hit that, that that affected luke cage too like, like that's what i'm saying nothing. they thought about it and that is where uh i had an appreciation and they, they, the thing i loved about that is the madam gal power that they made sure that was always intricate. We wouldn't. We weren't like, oh my god, she has this. We saw that in every time she showed up. Where Madame Gal just not some old chick. She's some old chick that can still whoop your ass. And but, that's a storyline I like for the hand. But she whoops your ass in a in, again in her in, way in, in, in a way that would make sense. Now if she was fucking doing uh, backflips. Oh uh, yeah, backflips are the are um, Harley Quinn like the elevator scene where she's yeah. flipping over like doing that shit. No. I would have been like, oh come on, this my nigga. Like, yeah. But they the fact they gave, old. yeah, they gave her something that, hmm, okay, she's walking with a cane all the time. She seems like she's fragile, but she got, she, she got, she has, she you. got, she got something for you. Yeah. With with that 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 power, I thought that was well done. I love the integration of the five fingers of the hand. Yeah, I thought that was very important. Most people I, don't know that they, they yeah. think the hand is just like a symbolic name, but they call the hand because those five original members that were from 
and they brought it back to the Kung Lung. So that's yeah. why, I, you know, I, I liked, but I didn't like at the same time how integral Danny Rand and the Iron Fist was because in the hand society, he is their ultimate weapon at sometimes and their ultimate destroyer. So, like, they brought the hand back to the fist. So it's always who could win against who. And it was just, I love how they even showcased the diversity of the hand, which was something I was kind of worried yeah. about. We we only saw Gower think it was always gonna be Asians. Yeah, white, gonna be Asians and whites. White lady, Alexandra. Mm-hmm. We got uh, the, the black guy. We, uh, I can't remember his name. Solomon. Some some something like that. that. <laughs> so um, it was it was nice. Hey, why the black guy got to get killed? Uh, side note. <laughs> and, <laughs> Everybody has and to and die. And the motherfucker got decapitated though. But the white lady died too. So yeah, hey, man. But um, one of the things that I wanted to say is, I will say this: I did like the show overall. Um, yeah. I, th- I thought it was a well done show and we'll, we'll get into where we would rank it um, with, against Daredevil, Luke Cage and all that a little bit later towards the, the very end. But what I will say is this. I thought the writing or, or the story development was right. Mm. And that's what I was talking about, those scenes of incorporating Missy getting her hand cut off and, and sticking to the comic lore, I thought was relatively good. Mm. The issue that I had with is the, the sophistication and the of the dialogue. I just felt on Daredevil season one and two, uh, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, I'm taking Iron Fist out of it because I didn't like Iron Fist <laughs> as, a, as a whole. And I, it is part of the acting actors. I just didn't feel like this writing dialogue wise wasn't as sophisticated and as elevated as prior ones. I felt they, they so kind of dumbed this down. I'll and, say something that you said in a prior podcast is you you have to write for the people that can act, and that's what I was going to, and so, the, exactly, and that's if you and saw remember any, any any situation or any scene that didn't involve Iron Fist again, again yeah, there were, let him let he did his thing, Finn it Jones, is over. I'm but sorry, bro, I did not enjoy him as an actor because anytime he wasn't in it, you saw it was so good, it it, it, it hit you. But when he went the in Jessica it, Jones, Daredevil scene we were talking about, the, the Luke Cage Jessica Jones, it, it was scene great, the Luke Cage clear scene we were talking we about, talking the about Misty the, scene, the Luke Cage and Iron Fist, it didn't feel real. It it did the the, the conversation. When they first met it just felt stale it, it just it didn't go together i don't know if it's it just didn't feel right and i, I couldn't get on it the only time i liked to see him in, in in the show was when he was fighting if he wasn't fighting i was a little bit annoyed at his presence because yeah. like okay it, oh i had to take one part back so there was one part that really pissed me off that made no sense and i blame it on the acting slash the writing is when they were fighting at the end he was fighting the black sky or aka Electra, mm-hmm. you know, in the room. And she already said that you are the key. You are the only thing that could break this one fucking wall. One and she pointed out, made sure it's the wall with the fucking writing. And then yes, you lost. You were losing. I get you. You want to use the magical hand because it'll help you win the fight. But come on now. If you are supposed to be the ultimate weapon, the immortal weapon, the best fighter in the world made by the Kung Lung, how would you not see I'm punching towards the wall with my magical fist and the only thing I can do. That was stupid to me. Yeah, that no, was horrible. No, I, I, I agree with you. That is a scene that I was... Um, sometimes in movies, you you know they do it because they couldn't figure any other way to to get it there. And that's how it felt. Like, instead of... To me, like, the great shows will give you things that make sense. And like I said, the things that make these shows and these movies so great is they create this world and things in it make sense in that world that's the problem that i had with iron fist is his acting ability did not give me the range that i needed to make it real make it feel real and it's the same thing here his acting ability again it it does change the dynamics he doesn't his acting is more frustrating than it is um i don't feel sympathy for him and i should be (laughs) 
I should be. This man is going through a lot of shit. Yeah, he's been. He tortured. lost all his people that he's. Yeah, he's been tortured since a kid. One, his family's been killed. Yeah, he's been fighting all his life. He gets these great powers. He finally finds somebody he likes. Everybody he knows back home that he was supposed like. All this shit is going on, yep. and you should feel sorry for this dude. And I'm like, man, fucking just kill this motherfucker. <laughs> the rest of y'all save New York. Yeah. Luke Cage, Daredevil, Jessica, y'all figure it out. Fuck. Kick Iron Fist out and add Electra. Yeah. Bring her on the team. So that's that. I definitely agree with you on, on that. Um, one of the things I, I... So that's why I said, like, the, the dialogue, it just didn't feel the... Only for him, though. Yeah. But it was... He's so pivotal to the story that it affected... And remember, because we talked about it on the Iron Fist one, and that yeah. was one of my fears: is that the scenes with him are the, are is there going to be enough scenes with him that is going to bring the whole production down? And that's what I felt because yeah, um, everybody, literally, yeah. every single person else, I can't Agreed. even think of anybody else where I was like, "Yeah, I can't fuck with you." You know, what I'm saying he was the only one, and I don't, I don't want to pick on him. I did want to touch on one thing because uh, I thought she was the other pivotal piece and I loved her side of the coin. The Black Sky, Electra, the actress, was again, once again, I was so glad when they brought her back because I loved her when we saw her in the um, Daredevil series mm-hmm. where I was I was wondering what she's going to be a major part. And the minute I heard them say Black Sky, it hit me. I was like, yes, she's coming back. And I love the whole concept of a blank slate. She didn't know who she was because that's what we've seen as the black sky or the concept of Electra, where she's supposed to be this ultra God, godlike fighter, which we saw without a doubt that no one can control. And I think the actress portrayed it where yeah, in the beginning good. she was super lost and confused. But by the end, yo, she had that like look of death in, in her soul where you even saw where she was kind of going back towards Electra because the thing that was, I thought was another major point that people didn't notice was when she first started training, she got the double, the single sword that turned into a double sword, which wasn't her iconic similar. weapon. It was similar. Similar in size and shape, but, but different. different. Yeah. And that's why she got so excited because she was like, she didn't pick the size. Because if you saw, they were up there. Yeah. Because they referenced it and to they, later. And yeah, and what I will say is, uh, the thing that I think Alexandra, who was played by Sigourney Weaver, I mm-hmm. think she did a very uh, a good job as well. And Electra, which is... Elodie, I'm sorry if I mispronounce your name, Young or Jung. Um, awesome. I, I think she did a very, uh, very good job as well. The thing that I felt like Alexandra should have picked up on, and again, maybe uh, it was just the way that it was shot and that we got privy to this this uh, look that Electra gave is, and, and again, that goes back to acting. When she walked by those eyes, you, as, as a uh, watcher, as, as, as an observer, I was like, oh, she wants it. Mm-hmm. She... She ain't say no motherfucking words. Not all she did was give. Face. All she did was a, a look of a, a look of longing, a look yeah. of of of, of what like, is that? Th- like this. I know those. Yeah, this belongs. Like I feel yeah. like this belongs. It's calling to me. It's a part yeah. of me. No words being said, but you already saw that connection. And to me, Instantly. that's good acting. Yeah. So and with that, I, I, like you just made me think about another scene with Alexandria that I thought was. It, it touched me. I'm if y'all didn't know, I used to be in a band. I was a little bit of a band geek back in the day, and. When we got to see our first introduction to her, and she's sitting there listening to the string orchestra, mm. and in that intimate setting, yeah, yeah, in that intimate setting, you you saw a lot of things. It it instantly gave you a lot of things about her. You know that she's appreciation of love, of music. One, mm. she has an extensive history and knowledge of beyond a typical person understanding of music, and a typical person doesn't know why. Very cultured. Very cultured. And so then, so so cultured that is it's like it's airy. Yeah, it's airy, and it's is so cultured that. It's impossible for you to be that cultured in one lifetime. Yeah. 
And like uh, we saw another one of that. That again, it goes back to acting when she said a ch- what she called Chernobyl or um, oh that 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 country that the country that, that he's renamed. Like, yeah, he's like yeah, it hasn't been there for centuries. And she kind of kind of gave off that oh yeah, where you can tell that she's been there. I, I love that. And when they integrated that to all five hands, where all five all five fingers, my bad, where from the hand were there, where it was like we've been here since Machu Picchu. You know, we've been here since that. You know, we've always yeah, been we've here. We've seen it all. We've seen it all. Like. I remember when Guy was talking about she remembers seeing the technically there were dragons um, in her homeland. So you, you're thinking this is hundreds of thousands of years ago where they've been living off technically the bones of other dragons as we learned was their serum to keep them alive, which is, and each actor pulled that off of, I've seen this a thousand lifetimes. Yeah, It ain't nothing. Yeah. Especially like, I, I even love when the black guy got caught where he, he still had the arrogance of, I've been caught a thousand times. Even... His the other fingers were like he's been caught before. He'll be fine. We'll He'll see be him. Cool. Yeah, we'll see him in a few. But they didn't have that new age concept with that old age belief, you know. So it was it was a great story driven concept. Just once again, the one that always killed me is every time I think about it, Iron Fist is always there. He's always there. Yeah. Um. So again, overall, I thought it was a good show. I thought it was a good series. I thought the dialogue could have been better. I thought it could have been a little bit more sophisticated. I don't know if they got new writers or whatever, but whoever they had on Daredevil, uh, Luke Cage, and uh, Jessica Jones, hire them motherfuckers back. <laughs> Get them back. If if it wasn't broken, if, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So um, they need to go back to that, uh, for my opinion. And at this point, to be honest, I don't know how you fix the the Danny Rand. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think they can. I, I don't know how. I, I guess the only thing I could say, the only solution I can is because I hate giving problems without giving solutions. Um, the only solution that I can think of is not necessarily writing him out, but writing him, making his le- his role less, or the dialogue, his dialogue being less pivotal. You know, you got to keep him in because he is pivotal to the to the overall theme of the story. But well, technically, if they really I mean, wanted to, they, they can kill off that Iron Fist and, and have Kung Long come back. And then, because you know, since Iron Fist is a title, when one Iron Fist dies, the heart of the magic goes back into the dragon, and then someone else can be chosen. So technically, I mean, he if, isn't the only Iron Fist ever to exist in this universe either. Okay, then this is what I'm going. I'm going <laughs> to quickly write. This is what I say: kill that motherfucker off. Um, kill him off in a way where it's devastating to Colleen Wing. Colleen Wing becomes the next Iron Fist. That would that would be inventive. That shit would be dope to me. Kill I, him off, and she's so so hell bent on getting revenge and she becomes and, an Iron and, Fist. and um and and justifying his death that she goes through the process and she's already a knowledgeable enough fighter that That's, it would make it believable that she can get through the rings. And that with the added drive and determination of Danny Rand being killed, yeah. that that gives her the added force and the added momentum and and I mean, to to push her to to complete the entire process. In theory, it sounds I wonderful. Think that would be I would actually like that, but in th- but it wouldn't work because people are already so upset. You know, they've already changed Thor into a woman. They've you know they've had Spider Man turn into a woman. Right now, if if they did do Iron Fist turn into a woman, especially since Kung Lao I don't give a fuck if it's women. a man or a woman. All I care about is that somebody his, else that is played. No, I don't. Not even if it's somebody else. If he can, if he can elevate his acting abilities to the level at which his counterparts are, I don't think he can at this point. We've already seen two seasons. I, I mean, I already stated that. I already yeah, stated that did. from the first one. You did. You said it back in the, uh, when we did so the interview. That's what I'm saying. So I don't. For me, kill that motherfucker off. But anyways. Um, <laughs> I do want to quickly go over uh, the one scene um, with uh, Luke Cage and Danny. 
and I'm not going to harp on his acting abilities. You know how I feel about that. But I thought that scene was important, and I, I'm, I'm glad that they kept it in there. I'm glad that they shot it the way they did. Again, I just wish that there was a, a, a better actor to convey these feelings and emotions. But the reason why I wanted to bring it up, because I thought it was pivotal in addressing white privilege. Yeah. Um, they addressed it without saying white privilege. They did say privilege, mm-hmm. but they didn't say white privilege. And I, I, to me, I thought that that was important because I'm hoping that people that don't see race as a big issue as, as maybe I do or you do, or people that are affected by being oppressed feel that the oppressors, people that are in the pri- position of white privilege, that they internalize it differently than they would have presented in another way. Because I felt like they pointed out all those points that were not... Because Luke Cage isn't necessarily saying, yo, you're a fucked up person. What he's saying is, you're in a position, if you are a fucked up person, if you're just going to go around judging, basically, Mm -hmm. people without taking into account the full story, the full context of why they're doing what they're doing. As he stated with the the boy that got... um, eventually got killed in jail, but got arrested is he's like, he said, he's trying to feed his family. He's trying to make a way. Does that mean that he should be killed because he's trying to make a way for his family? If you were in his position, would you do anything different? And if you wouldn't, then you have to readjust how you're going to treat or act towards that person. And it was so powerful coming from Luke Cage. Exactly. Who is a person has power. That Lily was on the ground, and he said, "I, I, lo- I love still one feels, thing he said." He is, has power, but still feels powerless. Feels so powerless. But he basically, one of the parts he said, I thought was dope was, "Why are you out here fighting street level thugs when you have so much privilege and power to do so much more?" And it shows you where something that I've learned through a lot of people with privilege is it's hard to recognize you have privilege when you have it because you don't know what that privilege is. Yeah. And I think that was one of the moments where he realized, like, yeah, I do have this iron fist, but yo, I'm I'm a billionaire. I've never had a I've never struggled for money because I'm a billionaire. And he he hit him home when he was like, yo, these kids ain't got no money to feed. He's just trying to survive. Yeah. You you find these thugs, you, you, you're you willing to kill a thug. He's just trying to survive. And yeah. you're, you're, you, but you're not willing to do that to the higher ups. Because you're, and, and that again goes to the fact of, uh, of just of thinking outside of yourself. Danny is thinking outside of himself because he's upset of, of his people, the people in Kung Lung being killed. But he's also being selfish because this is what I'll say is that same situation. If you're if your driving motivation is to get revenge, to kill or to take down the people that killed your family. That's one aspect. That's that could be one motivation or your other motivation is feeling I'm feeling guilty because I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Mm hmm. And that's two different things. And that, yeah. Two. Yeah. But you, you, the end result is going to approximately be the same. Mm hmm. But if, if your intentions are different, it's going to affect you differently. Because if your intention is, I need to get back those who did me wrong uh, in Kung Lao and release my guilt for not doing my job mm-hmm. versus, yeah, I did all that. But the ultimate goal is doing what's right. Yeah. The hand is not what's right. In no capacity. And so if my goal is just to take down the hand and not to get revenge, feed my guilt, you're not going to you're not going to go beat up. An 18-year-old boy mm-hmm. who's working for somebody who's working for somebody who's working for somebody who's working for somebody. Where you would question him all day. This motherfucker don't know shit. And he, I, <laughs> he only knows surface that. level things. You know more about the hand than he than the kid you're about to beat up does. Yeah. And the thing I say about that is you you saw the development of all three other characters in in not just physical, but actual Mental. and mentally. Like, I mean, we we had Jessica Jones go from I'm I'm solo dolo, fuck everybody. To the point where, yo, I realize I need people. You had Luke Cage stick with his iconic, 
yeah, I'm going to help everybody, but once again, I'm going to do this solo. I never will need a team to... I, I can have other people help me because I help more. Yeah, then you yeah. also had Daredevil get from... I'm, I'm basically conflicted. I don't know what to do. I, I, I'm, I'm in between both worlds to the point where he's like... This is not both worlds. This is my world. Yeah, both sides. It's both sides of the same coin. Acceptance. You seen the acceptance when he when he said it to Foggy. Um, said to Foggy, and he said it to um, I forgot her name now, but the The other girl, Karen, or whatever. Yeah, I think it's Karen. And um, this is me. And then he went down, and he you know fought. We quote unquote, we thought maybe died with Electra because he was being who he was, saving who he was. But then when we go to Iron Fist, from the beginning he was kind of a little whiny bitch, and at the end he was. A whiny bitch. bitch. And, and that's sad because that development in the character could have been there somehow. And that's what I wanted to touch on too is th- that was a perfect uh, example is we saw the emotional growth of everybody. And again, we already saw their emotional growth in their own series. Yep. And they we're still seeing the evolution and the growth in those characters. Again, that speaks to the level of acting. Daredevil uh, an- uh, analogy that you just stated about, mm. you know, he was uncertain of you know, which life he wants to lead, mm. um, which life, who, who technically, it's basically an identity crisis. Yeah. Who am I? Am I a lawyer that well, saves people through the law or am I a <laughs> quote unquote vigilante that the saves a lot of people from very dangerous people mm-hmm. and that acceptance, mm-hmm. but you saw that change in growth. And e- even from the beginning of the uh, episode where he's like, no, I'm str- I'm strictly Matthew Murdoch only. Even though you already Done. saw, you still saw the internal conflict because the conversation that he had with Karen, mm-hmm. he's already having that conflict. You can tell when she's basically like, you're done. In his head, he's like, yeah, I missed this shit. Yep. I mean, when we saw him on the rooftops, like yeah. you, you, you kind of he, he was already in the daredevil expose, and he was like, he, you can see him like, I, I don't want to listen, but I have to listen. I don't want to listen, but I have to listen. Oh I crap! I hear it going yeah, down. I, I hear going down. Yeah, I can't. I can't turn it off. And quickly, I just want to say, um. That last part with him fighting Electra, right? Before he does that, he already made the determination. I'm gonna die down here with Electra. Yep. If if I can't get her out, we're gonna we're die, die together. together. Yep. What does he tell uh, Danny Rand before he leaves? Protect my city. Like like this motherfucker's thinking about ten steps ahead. Ten steps ahead, outside of himself. Like yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna be selfish right now. I'm gonna try to save this woman that I love. Yeah. Because because if if I don't. If I go up there, I'm not going to be no good to y'all anyways. Yep. Because the whole time I'm going to be... Thinking about her. Killing myself inside. Mm-hmm. Thinking about what I should have did, what I could have did, how all this stuff. But he's he's I'm passing that on to y'all. Like I, And if he didn't think... Again, and that shows why they need each other. Because if he didn't have Luke, he didn't have Danny, he didn't have Jessica Jones... City screwed. He's not making that decision. He's not making that decision because his city outweighed his feelings. His personal decision. The only yeah. reason why he said... He, it, and again, this is my interpretation. The only reason why he determined that he's going to die with Electra or try to fight do that is because he felt he had trust. The, the city has he put the city in their hands mm-hmm. and he trusted them. Yeah, trusted these new people that he met. Is there anything else you want to say in regards to this series before we get into our prediction portion? I will say, um, like I said before, I, I love the show. I know I had some criticisms, but the action was dope. They had consistent action. Made sure that. Every episode, someone got kicked in the face. So I thought that was dope. The storyline development was good. I even loved the connection of they made it the hand as a predominantly way of making them come together. So I think all in all, the show had great dynamic elements. Storyline, character development. And, you know, just like any other show, it needs some tweaks. And it had a lot of Easter eggs that, you know, if you watch again, you can see them. So I, I think it, overall, it was a solid 8 out of 9. You know what I'm saying? I really would... 
watch it again. I'm going to watch it a couple more times. So I enjoyed it very much, though. For me, I would agree with you. I think overall is it was very well done. I did agree with you. The story developed and evolved very well. 90% of the acting was very well done. Again, I, I do think uh, dialogue and, and script writing, I think it could be elevated to what we've seen in previous seasons. And I'm hoping that moving forward that they'll kind of get back to that. Part of that, I think, is, again, just a lot of components into this. And again, I do want to give Netflix and the directors and the writers it's hard to to create a show where there's really four leads and and balancing the screen time that these four major leads get and and tying it together as well as having all these ancillary characters Misty, Claire, Colleen, the other members of the hand that aren't as prominent like Bashudo or, or, or Bakudo. You know, that's a lot of moving pieces that you're trying to balance. So I I do understand that and I did, think they did a very well job composing that. So what do you think moving forward uh, what what do you think will be uh, for season two? See, the, the thing I like about how they ended it, they ended it almost with the concept of, let's say it didn't work, we don't have to do it again because they all went their separate ways. Mm-hmm. But That was smart. So that was smart just in case, but I think it's going to have enough fan base where they're going to have... See, to me, they didn't... Maybe I missed it, so again, if someone else saw it, let me know because I would love to hear it, but I don't feel they alluded to any new particular bad guy unless we can continue with the hand, which I felt like... They won't just because. It, I mean, it seems like the hand's been dismem or disassembled. Because and we always get that, and then you get the re. Somebody's gonna what? rise. You know they're gonna rise. You know Gal's two not of, dead. Two of the three hands are, or two of the three fingers of the hand are gone. And you can are, are literally killed, just like Black Sky tried to do. But, but if you replace them, you're replacing them with a whole new organization. Basically, not, not even not just that, but you're repl- the the thing that was instrumental in the hands ability is that they were basically all there from the beginning mm-hmm. so they seen all these things and they have all this knowledge and culture the things that we're saying that you can't obtain in a lifetime that's what i'm saying all that information and that's what allowed them to have the connections the power the influence but they did say when you kill two of those people and you have three but i, I do if you do remember like the asian dude said i can't remember his name right now if you cut off several fingers of a hand the hand is still functioning yeah, no, 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 I agree with that. I think that the hand will be still functional, but I don't think it's going to be at the capacity that it was. Now, what I think that they can do and that they will do is start incorporating more of the villains or, or henchmen of, let's say, like Gao. Mm. If she's that strong, there has to be somebody under her that's relatively strong. Yeah, lieutenant, yeah, you lieutenant, know, co-commander. General, somebody. But the same thing with those, the, actually, no. Three of the members are dead. So right, yeah, right now yeah, you got the black dude, the the Chinese dude, and, and the, the Alexandra. The, yeah, the only one that we think are still alive is Gao and, and um, Bakudo. Ba- well, no, Bakudo's dead. They oh cut off his shit, head. that's four. Yeah, so the only one left is really Gao. Oh shit, that's right. Yeah, I, I don't remember seeing Gao, Gao actually die. Gao, no, she didn't. Remember yeah. that scene? They show her kind of in the at the in the dragon and uh, Daredevil and Electra are fighting and she's kind of like sees it and she's kind of like scoots out. Scoots, yeah, that, but that's Gowish. She's like, I can't win this fight. I'm sneaky, gone. Sneaky, sneaky. So, uh, Mr. D, sneaky, but sneaky. But I can see her being maybe for the defenders, the continuous bad guy since everybody's still connected to the hand. But I'm more hoping that next season they'll go more towards the heroes for hire where, you know, mm. each one of them, because each one of them needs money. If, if we think about they made several Easter eggs, you know, Luke Cage ain't making no money. He's doing free shit. He, everything's pro bono, uh, you know, for free. Matt Murdock ain't pro bono everything. He ain't making no money. Bro, but I'm going to be real. If if they make it about money, that shit ain't going to make no sense. 
But your it, friend is fucking a billionaire, Danny Rand. Nigga, just just drop me, drop me a stack, nigga. I just saved your life. I nigga. know. I just saved you. I saved I your life. You better. But I better never want for I'm no food in my life. They, they do like that. He makes their headquarters, like because you know he doesn't like to use his money. I think like he's gonna make the headquarters with his money, but that's gonna be the extent of like his money. They're gonna do like. Hill for Ohio concept. I don't think they're really gonna have to worry about the money. I think it's gonna it's be, gonna more be of just about the missions. Yeah, like basically, it's we're heroes for hire. We're not charging you, but this is how we get our clients. I mean, this is how we get basically like Ghostbusters. This is how you yeah, call it. You have a detective that already does that. You have a lawyer that can find the cases. You have a dude that's all about justice, basically. Then you have a weird wild card guy. So I mean, yeah. for mystical things, we'll say yeah, anything mystical. So that I feel like that should go with that, but I think they'll go more with the gal route. Okay, I I think they will go with the gal route, especially after what we saw with the illusion of uh, Danny's friend with Gal, the conversation, mm-hmm. um, because he could potentially yeah he wasn't seen in this whole season, and he can be potentially be uh, I won't say a major villain, but a definite he could be another a definite weapon. problem yeah definite be- yeah definite problem for that group. Because, I mean, with with his particular thing, we know there's all kinds of mortal weapons around the world. And we know that that's one of the things he will have to deal with as being the Iron Fist. So, like, I know his next season is going to have to have be something about that. Okay. Him learning about the other immortal fists because they and said that in his show. And his, his potential. Yeah, like, if they don't do the two hands by the end of next season, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be annoyed. Because it's past that point where the Iron Fist only has one fist. He oh. should have already had it by now. The other question that I have, I guess, moving forward would be again this is a spoiler if you thought daredevil died then you're not watching the whole <laughs> shit but um what i think is going to be the prediction for next season is for season two of daredevil not daredevil the defenders is that basically they're going to somehow get word that daredevil's alive yeah because i mean the daredevil season is before the next uh, defender somehow that that daredevil is alive and they're going to try to figure out either finding him and why he was captured and i think that's going to allude to kind of a mentioning earlier about that uh, daredevil had the potential of being a mortal weapon a, a mortal weapon and so i think they're going to play with that as well as we're going to learn more about electra not, not not necessarily more about who she is and stuff like that but i think we're going to learn more about her intentions because i still think her intentions even though she still loves matt mm-hmm. i think they're still going to be uh, duplicitous in, in in the regard of she's power hungry and i want to say this to netflix please don't make an electra series I like Electra, but there's been like five Electra series and they were all crap. There's been a movie, it was crap. Please don't do it. Just let her be a side character in Daredevil, please. Like, I love the actress. She's awesome. She's amazing. But please just don't do it. I'm asking you from the deepest part of my Marvel heart, don't do it. I'll say, with all that, is there anything else you want to say before we get out of here? There's going to be one more thing I'm going to talk to you about before we get out One more prediction, and it's about something that we haven't brought up, but I think next season Defenders will have something, or either he'll be on the team or he'll be against the team, the Punisher. Yep, that was that's that was oh, the, that's that was, that was, the, that was the final step. So you, you took, took it right there. They made sure we didn't see him this whole entire series. And but you did sure see, if you watched all the way to the very, very end, mm-hmm. there was a, I won't even say a preview, but a little a little tease, <laughs> a little tease of him with a, a sledgehammer. Yeah, so and, I think that's going to be it. I would say pay attention very closely to what he's saying. Okay, I got to check in, that again. In that, um, because he, he alludes to what say. the Punisher's about. Just put it that way. He alludes Punisher. to <laughs> who the Punisher ain't, he ain't no joke. 
that is something I w- we definitely will have a podcast on that. We'll get into a little bit more detail. So let us know what you think about the Punisher and Daredevil. I think Luke it's Cage. coming out in a couple weeks, too. Yeah, Jessica Jones and Iron Fist. Let us know if we were being too harsh on uh, Finn Jones. Hey, Conley, I want to shout out Conley Wing again, man. I think she did a great yeah. job in that show. Yeah. I think Claire Rosario Dawson did an excellent job as well. Uh, Jessica Henwick is uh, Conley Wing. Michael Coulter, Christine Ritter, and um, uh, Charlie Cox. I think all of you guys did an amazing job of, of portraying the emotions. And I uh, definitely want to shout out to uh, uh, Misty Knight, Simone Missick. Again, if I'm, I'm horrible, horrible, horrible with names. So don't kill me. But I thought she did a very good job. And I'm hoping somebody at Netflix is listening and takes my idea about making a solo series with her and her partner that's in the book and having them as a detective agency. Kind of like a mix between the lady detectives that was on, I think it was on HBO, mixed with two detectives, mixed with some some Marvel shit. Should be awesome. I think that shit be a great be show. Hey, Feminist he, power men too, man. All about females doing their own thing, not relying and, on the men. And not needing nobody. Woo. I think that would be a dope movie or a dope show. If you need writers, uh, co-founders at thesonicbreakdown.com, <laughs> I can help with that. And uh, if you steal my idea, just give me credit and some money for it. But credit and money. Please. Heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I want to say uh, thanks again, Ready, for another great podcast um, on the Defenders, man. We're definitely going to get you guys some more Marvel stuff out. Like I said, we got a lot of things in the works, so stay tuned. All I'm going to say is uh, T'Challa. And if you don't get that, that's that's going to be my little Easter egg hinge. So again, thank you for listening to the Stay Woke Podcast that's presented by thesonicbreakdown.com. You know our motto, live, listen to some great music. And for this case, watch some great TV shows, some great movies, and love more. We out. Ah, ah!